0: Blood, we've got destroyers, so you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers and All the Wrestling Podcast brought to you by RPGR.com. I of course am your host Brian, and joining me on the show today it is Sev.
1: Afternoon Brian. Afternoon AW Galaxy. My stable this week was super easy. Brian, do you know where we were this week? Uh we were in Detroit. We were. So we've got the Motor City Machine Guns, we've got our amazing red, and we've got Kenny Omega. Weiss. This is the Detroit Red Wings.
0: <laughs> is it because there's an S on wings? So one winged angel. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Got to two wings, mate.
0: Okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Be
1: fair, any stable with uh, two Kennys in it is a uh, legit God-tier stable.
0: Is the second Kenny just Will Osprey in disguise? Could be. <laughs> it's just Will Ospreay cosplaying as Kenny Omega in the stable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets
1: me my S and my wings, yeah.
0: Oh, dude, that's perfect. That'd be a good stable, to be fair. Like, that's a lot of talent in one ring.
1: Oh, yeah, On the one banner. Uh, Shirley Saban, Red, all very, very good. And the Copsley Kenny Omega and Will Osprey, yeah. Are ridiculous stable.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. special shout out to Occam's Laser for the excellent intro theme to the podcast go check him out where you can find music and people including YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, you won't be disappointed there please take a moment and do us a favor if you'd be so kind head on over to Apple Podcasts or whichever app you've chosen to listen to us on and drop us a quick rating and review really does help us out in terms of visibility so that this show continues to grow and remember we are on Patreon now as well, patreon.com forward slash RPG era, check out our tiers, see what we're doing and if you feel inclined, toss us a couple bucks each month, if not, continuing to listen to the episodes as they upload each week's wonders as well, and of course Special shout-out to current executive producers, Jex-X and Sandkoon. So we had to pry ourselves away from The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom to uh to sit down and talk about AEW in the world of professional wrestling. Uh obviously for those that don't know the other half of RPG era, you know, we're not just all about AEW and pro wrestling. We're we're more about video games than anything else. Um and yeah, a big release happened over the past couple of days in the new Zelda on Nintendo Switch, uh tearing up the charts, right? Selling like crazy. Sold out everywhere. All the accessories, including the new Pro Controller, much to my dismay, sold out everywhere. Uh, It's just being talked about, dude. It's, It's all over the place. Um, I'm honestly shocked, and maybe they will this week, but I'm literally shocked somebody in AEW during Dynamite and Rampage didn't make some sort of joke about Tears of the Kingdom. Because AEW has a lot of wrestlers backstage that are big nerds and gamers, right? Like, I'm surprised someone didn't make some sort of joke about Tears of the Kingdom coming out this week.
1: Yeah, yeah. I fully expect Adam Cole at the pay-per-view to come out in a Link cosplay.
0: Yeah, something like that, right? Or even Omega or, I mean, just any of these guys that are consistently gaming and just making jokes Uh, I'm just surprised especially on on Rampage because Rampage aired this past Saturday Uh, even though it was taped on Wednesday they should have had someone like back there pretending to play their Switch and not paying attention to what's going on or something like that I think that would have been freaking hilarious Yeah, yeah, would have been, cool. been absolutely hilarious. Uh this coming up week, Sev is going to be a big week for AEW. They have some shit going down this Wednesday night on the 17th and it's not just Dynamite. The uh the Warner Media Upfronts are this Wednesday where they're going right. to announce like their I think they usually announce their fall slate schedule like some new contracts and new shit that they've done over the last year. Uh, Apparently, AEW is getting a new TV deal through Warner right there. Warner is now the exclusive home for AEW content, which is why Dark and Elevation have disappeared. We should be getting the announcement of Collision this Wednesday night as well. And um, Tony Khan on Dynamite, right? We're not ranking this, but he was backstage with a mic and he was talking and he's like, this week, you know, we have something big that's going to shake. Did he say shake the foundation or some shit like that? I think he used terminology like that. Maybe not those exact words. Um, But he said that everyone would want to tune in to TNT on -hmm. Wednesday, right? And then someone on Twitter called him out. They're like, Tony, why didn't you pre-tape this? You fucked up. You didn't even say the right network. And he's like, "No, no. I assure you, I said TNT for a reason. So I want to know what the fuck's going on."
1: Yeah, I mean, like, will the will the Warner upfront thing be broadcast on TNT? Is that something sort of that happens? I don't every think
0: year? it normally does. No, I don't believe that it does. Okay, I'm wondering if Collision is going to be on TNT.
1: Maybe. Well, oh, they just start airing adverts for it on on Wednesday.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I'm not hundred percent sure. But I'm excited to find. Find out what could be, because with this in mind, right, with the Warner Media up this week, obviously the announcement of Collision. On the horizon, we already know CM Punk is basically set to come back when they're in Chicago on June 21st. I saw rumors that that show might actually be called The Resurrection or some shit like that. You know how AEW likes to do taglines for shows? Yeah, yeah. We're seeing that that might actually be called The Resurrection or something. But we didn't, at least I don't think. How many things did you rank for Dynamite? Seven?
1: Yes, seven. Okay.
0: Okay. So I know for a fact we didn't rank some of these backstage segments that took place on Dynamite. There's a few things that happened that are also leading up to the announcement and debut of a brand new mainline show. Right? Yeah. We saw finally Miro storming into Tony Khan's office. He's
1: fucking back. Yeah. And we
0: also saw Thunder Rosa going into uh, Tony Khan's office. She's fucking back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, this is a big time right now, dude. And mm-hmm. I don't know that, um, I don't know that the returns are necessarily done. Like I'm, I was almost half expecting Andrade to be shown backstage walking into Tony Khan's office. And I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility to happen this week.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's a good shot. Are there any, is there anyone else really missing off the roster? No, he's O'Reilly. the,
0: he's the only one Kyle O'Reilly's injured though. Yeah. yeah, And as soon as he's not injured, he'll be back with with Adam Cole and Roderick Strong.
1: Mm -hmm. And then there's Statlander. Also injured. Yeah.
0: But she might, she's probably closer to return than, well, I don't know. What did Kyler, Kyler O'Reilly's been out for almost a damn year, hasn't he? He was, was he in the Owen Hart tournament? I can't remember where he got injured, but I remember it was somewhere mid last year.
1: Did he not get injured after Adam Cole got injured? At, at was it after? I think it might have been.
0: So was it in maybe July or August then? Because Forbidden Door was June last year, right? Okay. May, June. Okay. I don't know. It was sometime in <laughs> the spring or summer of last year. Fair.
1: But yeah, up, up until like a week or so ago, I thought we were hearing that Thunder Rosa was going to have surgery she would be out for even longer um but it seems like she's back now so it could be possible that statlander Statlander's ready then i don't really know if we've got anyone else on the roster who's kind of missing at the moment i'm sure obviously like Bonte
0: Martin. But. I mean, his leg is split in two, so. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is going to be an interesting time right now, man. Like, a lot of people are getting what they've wanted, right? Miro's back. Miro should not be subjected to whatever brand split they might do or maybe not do. Um, I don't know that Miro has an issue with anybody. I know obviously Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, right? Like, there was issues between them backstage, so if they were splitting the roster, having Thunder Rosa, who a lot of fans did connect with right mm-hmm. maybe being a mainstay on the same show that cm punk is a mainstay on it's not a terrible idea yeah fair enough,
1: fair enough.
0: But we'll mm-hmm. see what they decide to do
1: yeah with Jade Cargill.
0: <laughs> <laughs> has she, i don't think she ever has um wrestled jade cargill obviously but uh i'd be curious to see what they did there I'd be curious to see what they did if they went that route. I hope they don't go that route, though. To be honest, but that's just me.
1: Yeah, no, I make, I make the joke of it, but no, it'd be, it'd be pretty unfunny to uh, to bring her back
0: and bury her. So either that or bring her back and have her squash Jade right like right away. Like that wouldn't be very funny either. <laughs>
1: It would be disgusting that would be yeah
0: that wouldn't that would be a little sad but uh yeah so we'll see what they do this we should find out in a couple days whatever is going to happen with the new tv deal we should likely be able to talk about that next week whatever they announce i'm excited to see what that is i really Me am too. i really am um man it feels so weird just instantly starting out with dynamite now like it feels weird not having the rundown of elevation and dark to go through for a few minutes before we get to dynamite it feels so weird just moving straight to it but
1: feels like we're
0: missing something. Yeah, but we're not. We're not. So, we'll move into Dynamite, which uh I I don't know exactly. I guess I should have pulled up the I did not pull up the um the website I used to get match times, but I'm looking real quick. It was at the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Here's the website for match times. You and I like we had just mentioned ranked seven things um I don't remember who did what last week.
1: You've got the segment, so you get the lows, I get the highs.
0: Okay, fair. So I will start off then with my number seven. And I'll say I I wasn't 100% sure what I was doing when I was ranking these. Like I knew what my number one was and I was really confident with my number two, three, four, five, six, and seven. I wasn't a hundred percent sure on like my number three was a pretty solid number three, but then everything else like my number seven isn't necessarily at number seven because it was bad. Yeah, I, didn't I, thi- I didn't think dynamite was amazing, right? Like it's not a five-star dynamite, but I also didn't think it was a poor dynamite. Like everything on here was fairly entertaining. I enjoyed myself the entire two hours which when we get to it later is surprising to me i enjoyed myself for the entire two hours
1: Yeah so i think the lowest thing i ranked um i gave maybe like a 7.82 and then the highest thing i ranked was like an 8.5 so okay everything hit well this week it's
0: my just- highest was a nine again i don't do the decimal so my highest was a nine my lowest was a seven so i i didn't think anything deviated outside that seven to nine range so again, pretty strong dynamite. Again, not amazing, but strong. Number seven for me was the in-ring segment with FTR and, and Jeff Jarrett and all of his lackeys.
1: Yep, exactly what I've got. Number seven, FTR accepts the challenge.
0: Yep, and I mean it, it. It did its job, right? It did what it was supposed to do. It set up the match for double or nothing. It set up Mark Briscoe being the special guest referee for the match, which I actually kind of enjoy. Um, now it makes sense as to why he has been so involved in this feud and they're doing something with that, so that makes sense. Um, and I also yeah. like that they you know, they they set up now what's Mark going to do? Because they had Sanjay Dutt spit alcohol into Dax's eyes when they were getting ready to toast to the match and Dax ends up hitting a spike pile driver on Mark Briscoe, effectively taking him out.
1: Effectively causing dissension between those. Yeah, I'm um- I'm okay with this match setup. It's not the stippy I would have chose. Uh, if I'd have had anything, it'd have been uh, Mark Briscoe on a pole match. But what the, about a uh, hog
0: match, dude? Throw back to like Henry Henry Godwin and Triple H and WWF back in the day.
1: Yeah, fair, fair. Um, I would have had, yeah, Briscoe on a pole match, but Satman was the pole.
0: Uh, <laughs> he's just he's just sitting on his shoulders.
1: Yeah, just holding him up in the air for the whole match. Okay. <laughs> I've got to try and get him down. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't a bad little segment. I had fun with it. Um, they called Jarrett a carny piece of shit. It's always funny when wrestlers call each other's carnies. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, it was a good segment. If, uh, if anyone at Impact is ever listening, you guys should hire Sev. Just listen, listen to these ideas. Oh, it's perfect love to work for Impact. Per- perfect for Impact. You just have a seven foot five tall man standing in the corner, gorilla pressing a guy above his head, and that's the stipulation for a match. <laughs> <laughs> What's number one on your list?
1: Uh, number one on my list is going to be the main event, and that is Kenny Omega versus Jon
0: Moxley inside the steel cage. It's my number one as well. Good. Good. it was very
1: strong i think i think they did well with the the cage setting although no one like climbed to the top of the cage and jumped off it
0: which was surprising but they did do another shocking cage spot in this match so i guess i can see why they didn't do everything in this one right
1: yeah yeah like we opened with um was it the bcc came down and the bucks were out. So yeah, something. they were
0: brawling around. Yeah. Um, some
1: chaos and dissension. Tossing each
0: other off the entrance ramp at the top. Mm-hmm. Which honestly didn't look like it hurt, but they had to sell it. So
1: Yeah, yeah. They were throwing each other off the ramp and it was like a, little, a couple of foot gap.
0: Like a two or three foot fall. And they yeah. land on their feet and they roll over and like, Oh my God, I'm injured. <laughs>
1: it was quite funny it was quite hokey but it was very funny um but yeah we got um barbed wire we got a barbed wire on a chair and i was like, which
0: the barbed wire definitely seemed legit maybe it was dolled out in areas but there were some of it that were very sharp because as soon as it made impact they were cut right like yeah that yeah, barbed wire they, was definitely doing some damage on the backs of both guys
1: yeah yeah but she said when uh kenny put the, the chair on the, the double stomp Yeah, Yeah, it was was gross. It was like, "Wow!" And then the chair moves, and you just see Mox's back bleeding. I was like, "Mox put a, or no, I think
0: it was Renee put a picture up on Instagram, and Mox's back is just a disaster."
1: It was full of holes. Um, but yeah, it cuts to Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson on the commentary. And he's just, uh, he's got a big old grin on his face and he's laughing.
0: But... He's really good on commentary. I like that they've made him just the new William Regal. Like Danielson, I mean, yeah, he's going to wrestle more often than Regal did. But for the most part, Danielson now is kind of like, I guess, the top guy, right, in BCC. He is the coach. He's the mentor, like Regal was.
1: Yeah, yeah. Kind of sort of like the authority figure. But yeah, he's good. But then uh, we did get a big spot with, wasn't it like, Kenny, after they'd taken the second rope off, like, Kenny V-Triggered. literally
0: literally v trigger through the cage right
1: but the cage had like bars like a little bit up so it wasn't just yes mess yeah kenny proper got caught up in that and mox took a like
0: fairly hard oh mox took a nasty spill to the outside like for a minute there like you have to assume that spot was planned right Mm-hmm. but but I don't know that it went 100% the way it was supposed to go because Mox like I said took a nasty spill to the outside I think he landed literally on the back of his head as the as the mesh gave way and then Omega his leg actually got stuck on one of those bars in between the cage and the ring as they were going through and like he his momentum carried him forward but his leg being stuck like he looked just very awkward and you saw Doc Sampson run over immediately to check on him because of like how he actually was wedged in between the cage and the ring. It did not look good. Um, the spot was cool. It reminded me of when Big Show and Mark Henry had a cage match on Raw like a decade plus ago. And, uh, I think Mark Henry was the one that somehow power slammed or did something to Big Show and knocked him through the cage. It reminded me a lot of that, just obviously a much nastier spill. Yeah,
1: we got, uh, we got glass. The glass didn't look as sharp as the uh, the barbed wire seemed to be. It didn't, but it
0: was still sticking to their skin, right? Like, it, yeah. you could tell that it definitely pierced the skin. But yeah, it wasn't, it didn't look super sharp, which is probably for the best. It's glass or maybe fake glass. I don't know if they use, well, I I know they use real glass from time to time, but not always. Um, But yeah, you mentioned they took the top turnbuckle off there, man. Like, Mox really struggled to get that off. (laughs) The crowd starts chanting, you can't do it.
1: Yeah, to be fair, I went to um, to an indie event like a couple of weeks ago. And unfortunately, in the first match, like the second rope snapped. So after the match had finished, they tried to, they were trying to hook it back on. And they literally had like one guy like leaning against it and four guys pushing him like to try and get this thing back on. And then two people the other side, like pulling the rope back. So it took like five or six people to get this thing back onto um onto the turnbuckle. It was very funny. But yeah, so um, I'm not surprised not struggled to get that off.
0: Well, I mean, he did it by himself in the end. So mm-hmm. shout out to him for getting it done. But that wasn't the most shocking thing, right? The uh, the spot, the V trigger through the cage, that wasn't the most shocking thing that happened here. Our most shocking thing is the big turn. It finally happened.
1: It is, yeah. We did predict it, but it's still uh, it was still very shocking to actually see it. Actually, um, Kenny Omega and Don Callis, I don't think they're friends anymore. Don hit him in the head with a screwdriver, didn't
0: he? He did. He was inside the cage at the end. Omega technically probably had the win, right? he and had the one winged
1: angel, so yeah. Yeah, he had, nobody sorry.
0: kicks out of the one winged angel, so no reason to start believing anyone would now. And yeah, Don Callis there with the screwdriver to the forehead of Omega allowed Mox to get the victory. Danielson had a a shocked but massive grin on his face up at commentary. Um, you know, claiming he had no idea what was going on. And yeah, Don Callis, right? He played to played to the crowd a bit. Played do Omega a bit um makes me wonder what's going on with Takeshita since Don Callis was the one that brought him into the Elite right? Yeah. And I was honestly wondering and thinking and actually hoping at the end of Dynamite someone such as Kota Ibushi would come down to make the save but he didn't. Okay. I still think I honestly still think this could be leading towards Ibushi's debut Yeah I
1: think we, we've still got time for it to happen. We've even, got, we've, we've even still got time for it to happen before the pay-per-view. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, to obviously,
0: not there selling the injury from the screwdriver himself, right?
1: Right. But we've got Don Callis uh, talking next week. So I'm sure like it will progress next week, won't
0: it? And what is interesting about that is what Don Callis has chosen to do on social media, right? What has he done? Well, you posted it in Discord, his Twitter.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah my yeah, yeah, yeah. So close. he
0: is teasing a potential alliance with Will Osprey? Oh
1: yes, yes.
0: Which uh so what I've heard, right, is that King of wrestling bruv. King of Winnipeg, bruv. King of Winnipeg, bruv. Uh, I've heard obviously that they're planning to do Omega Osprey 2 at Forbidden Door. Um, okay, yeah. because that's in Canada. So here's the thought, right? So The first match between Omega and Osprey was in Japan and New Japan. Neutral territory, right? Both guys making a name for themselves in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Neutral territory, Omega wins. Second time they meet is going to be at Forbidden Door 2, which is in Canada. Omega's home country. Osprey's winning. In Omega's homeland, third time they meet is it all in in Osprey's home country.
1: Okay, nice, nice.
0: That's what I've heard the potential rumor is gonna be, or the the setup is for this. So there's th- like it's a trilogy. Yeah, yeah, one on neutral ground in Japan, one in Canada for Omega's home country, one in the UK for Osprey's home country. It's actually a really cool storyline.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a, su- it's a super, uh, super cool storyline. See if it comes out. See if it comes true. I'd, li-
0: I'd like that to happen. And Omega winning in the UK would be fucking nuclear, dude. <laughs> 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 It'd be awesome, actually. It'd be fantastic. It would be about as nuclear as Osprey winning in Canada.
1: Yeah, to be fair. With uh, the good kind
0: treat, I actually think I'd rather have Don Callis as the manager of of Will Osprey and kind of paling around with him against Kenny Omega as opposed to just Don callis palling around with the Blackpool Combat Club or some shit right mm-hmm. like that's such a that's a much better story. Especially if Takeshita turns, goes to the BCC, and it does get us, again, Hangman and Ibushi on the side of the Bucks and the Omega for a Blood and Guts match. Like, that'd be amazing. Yeah,
1: definitely. This storyline has got uh, endless potential. Yeah,
0: it can literally go so many different ways. Uh, number six for me is the no-holds-barred match between Julia Hartman and the JAS.
1: We're on a roll because that's number six for me.
0: And I didn't hate this. I thought I would. I thought I was not gonna like this. I will say it's not great. It it never is um, at this point. But it was better than their first match. Obviously, because they had more to play with, and it was no holds barred, so they could take liberties with weapons and and make it entertaining that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Julia Hart, I feel like legit got knocked out or injured in this match, and somehow managed to just still finish. She was really struggling at one point, and it was after she took like the electric chair face slam type move into the pile of chairs, like her hip. Her, I think it was her left hip started like I could feel really bothering her because she was really struggling. And I don't think that was just selling the move. Yeah. yeah, She she was not moving very well. She was not moving very well.
1: Yeah. And usually, usually, um, If wrestlers get, like, kayfabe injuries in matches, they don't usually highlight the hip as an area that's, like, being hurt. You don't don't do submission moves to the hip, do you?
0: No, yeah, she probably just landed wrong, right? Her hip was sore, so that's going to affect your ability to climb the ropes, which we saw it did. She still managed to get up there. She managed to do the spot they were going to do, and I feel like, in her mind, she was pushing through... Because she knew she had to win the match. She was set to win, right? So if the match would have stopped, then then she loses. So I, I respect the hustle. I respect the push to finish if it was a legit, like, injury. Now, hopefully it's not an injury that makes her miss time. Maybe it was just, like, a stinger or something like that. But um, not a fan of her gear. I will say that.
1: I thought it was amazing.
0: Julius? Well, yeah, yeah. Like, um, if they
1: did that t-shirt, it was, like, black and white tie there, wasn't it? And it that, was, like, like, a
0: Ouija board almost, right?
1: It had, like, a of black on the front. But it, it had
0: it kind of looked like a Ouija board to me.
1: Fair, fair. yeah. I would buy one of them, minus the like the crotch part. they did that in like
0: no, Seb, too. you know you would buy a bodysuit. Come on now, that's your yeah. new chef outfit when you go to work.
1: Mate, the buns were on show. <laughs> yeah.
0: you, you wear that with Anna Jay's new T-shirt over top, and you're set.
1: Look at my look at my, butt ass and my attitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mate, I don't think they'd let me come to work in that.
0: Oh well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> i hope i'm gonna say it again i don't think it's true but i hope this is the end the fact that they did this match here right this i'm surprised this was here this probably felt like they're a double or nothing match to me mm-hmm. if it's if it's going to happen again at the pay-per-view what do they do differently here shark mm-hmm. tank a shark tank match okay
1: yeah i was on the spot there i had to think of something quickly we had shark tanks um yeah I'm, I'm surprised this match was here i'm also surprised that like a couple other matches that we'll get to later that are happening next week
0: um it was- yeah it feels like they're they're taking some of what we thought was going to be at the pay-per-view putting it on regular tv now and there has to be a reason why they must have some other plan for double or nothing we only have what one match two matches confirmed for the pay-per-view at this point
1: yeah
0: yeah tag titles main and world title yeah
1: I think that's correct yeah Uh, yeah everything else we were speculating on seems to have like it's now happening so it's like well either either the the stakes are gonna get even higher for those matches coming into the pay-per-view or we're getting like two-week bills and storyline so and
0: hopefully double or nothing is fleshed out if you remember revolution only had like nine matches total because of the 60-minute iron man match but usually usually we get anywhere from 12 to 15 matches on a fucking show
1: Mm so once uh uh, once collision comes around there'll be so much there's more
0: time, time to build yeah, yeah so much time for storylines so we're gonna
1: have to have um bigger bigger pay-per-view like match cards because it's just gonna make sense
0: absolutely so we'll see we'll see i imagine they are still involved in something at the pay-per-view though i just don't know what they do differently now that they've had that no holds barred match i feel like that probably should have been saved but we'll see what they do
1: definitely i was just thinking of a, a wicker woman match have you ever heard of you know what a wicker man is
0: oh wicker man yeah okay okay
1: yeah so you're gonna we'll put the spooky witch inside the wicker man and set her on fire that seems like a good idea
0: that sounds like a great idea yeah <laughs> super super safe not reckless at all
1: yeah okay um we'll see if they keep this rolling number two for me was uh orange cassidy versus daniel garcia
0: that is not number two for me oh right. that was number four for me
1: oh mate why can't you rank properly
0: why can't you rank properly yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> Great match though, dude. Very entertaining.
1: Yeah, it was definitely I liked uh Garcia's pants. I'm pretty sure they're new. But yeah, they had a lot of like eye up wrestling. I forgot what the kind of wrestling is called. Um but yeah, there were some really funny spots with like OC like not doing the hip up. Uh, and he just lay there, and then afterwards we got like Garcia went to do like a drop toe hold, and OC just stood there, and then he was just like, I oh, move, move my leg out of the way uh, and step <laughs> out of here. it. Was very very funny. We got the uh, we got a fairly nasty power driver, and then we got a great little spot at the end. Where it was uh, Garcia was doing like a dragon tamer, and then I think OC sort of like wriggled out, so he turned it into like a triangle hold. And then I was really glad that they didn't do the spot. You know when someone's in like a triangle hold, and the other person stands up and they pick him up to power bomb him um i'm really glad that we didn't get that spot and like garcia sort of like twisted it around and put him into a cross face. um so yeah this this was actually a really really good match
0: including the ending were you a fan of the roll-up victory
1: see i didn't mind i didn't mind the roll-up victory because okay. like garcia uh-huh. was doing so well um
0: yeah it's an orange cassidy uh, squeaker win through and through
1: yeah yeah but i think we to the i think we get to the point now where orange cassidy is just like oh my knee is broken my arm is broken um i think he's just gonna walk into the room, lie down let someone pit him so he can go in for
0: a bit what did he say to renee backstage when she was talking to him she's like orange how you doing he's like i'm tired yes, i'm just tired do do. <laughs> i'm just tired and i feel it too man i'm always tired oc i'm always tired i guess we're the same age right you're in your late 30s which i did mm-hmm. not realize he was in his late th- he's like 38 years old Okay. um i get it i'm tired too and i'm 37 i'm always tired i get it but this was a good match um Again, like you, right? Obviously, at this point, you think OC is just going to lay down at one point, which is potentially going to happen. I think it could be at any time. I never know. Whenever they announce an international title match, I always think, is this the one where he loses? Because it is just going to come out of nowhere, I feel like.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I just don't know when it actually will be in against two because there's never, ever really any storylines centered around that title. It's just no, It just seems to be matches. good wrestler
1: versus good wrestler. It? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So... Uh, number five for me is the trios titles match. House of Black taking on Best Amigos.
1: Okay, I had that number four.
0: Fair, fair. I thought this was a good match. We learned what the house rules actually are going to and how they're going to be implemented, right? So dealer's choice isn't picking like we speculated last week on the show if DQs count or not. Uh, disqualifications are just enforced, right? Like that's what buddy Matthews tweeted out. DQs are enforced. You said, if you're too scared, you know, and try to run away or try to use other means, then, then you don't deserve to be in the ring with us or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, They also are doing the 20 counts and they're also dimming the lights a little bit, right? During the actual match, kind of like, What WWE was exploring doing with Bray Wyatt back in the day. Just not as intense. They didn't turn him all the way off like they did with Bray. And they especially didn't have that ugly ass red glowing light during the match like they did for Bray Wyatt at one point. Um, when he was the fiend, which was awful and made viewing the match really hard. Um, I didn't mind the dimming. It, honestly, the dimming of the lights reminded me a lot of the way WWF and WCW used to present their product in the mid nineties when they weren't focusing so much on the crowds that were there in the crowd, like in their actual arena. So they wouldn't have the spotlight on them at all times. Okay, um, yeah. Kind of reminds me of that. It's like house show lighting to an extent, right? Like it reminded me of that. Um but the dealer's choice means that the challengers get to pick the fourth stipulation. So Best Amigos, or it was I think it was Trent that actually picked the stipulation. Uh theirs was that all witches would be banned from ringside for this match. <laughs> Which was kind of stupid. Like should have been something more clever because Julia Hart just got done wrestling. She probably wasn't going to come back out. Yeah, uh, do, exactly. do Do something that's going to more help you get the victory at that point. But I get it. I like the teaming of of Bandito with best friends and calling them best amigos. I think that's hilarious. Does look like Bandito is just going to be palling around with best friends and Orange Cassidy for now. Um, but this was an entertaining match. I thought it was really good.
1: Yeah, I liked it. I especially liked the lights going down. I'm pretty sure the lights went down and they went like proper dark and then and then they turned them back up a little bit, and you could see the crowd behind them. And I was like, I'm oh, gonna no, turn turn them down even more. Uh, I liked it, <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, just on the the stipulation thing, I think it might have been a little silly to give them to to do a silly stipulation first. If you get me, right? Um, we should have had like we should have had a good stipulation for the dealer's choice first before we start getting into like joking, y ones. Because they kind of they are best friends, and they were got. They were unprepared and they were like, Oh, we don't like we don't really understand what's going on, so we'll just say no spooky witches. It's like, oh, okay. I thought we were trying to do this, like the house rules are serious. Um <laughs> Yeah, so that means like if the acclaimed if the, yeah, if the if the acclaimed get like a house's rules, they get an open house match, then what's their stipulation gonna be? Like, I don't know, pinfalls decided on rat battle or something. Let's let's not joke it around. Let's do it serious for a little bit.
0: <laughs> <That's something funny. laughs> although pinfalls being decided on the rap battle that's kind of cool yeah well, is it, is a 60 minute saw? rap battle match Mate, instead, JR. instead of I an iron instead of an iron man match it's a 60 minute rap battle i don't
1: think jr could take it <laughs> yo listen yo, yo for like 10 minutes he's like, just out of breath no no more listening Cool. what's next who's up who's dying
0: um i think you just went yeah because you said that was your number two three four Four. Oh, so it- I just so I just went because I said that was my number five.
1: But okay, so uh, number three for me is going to be uh, the opening match: Claudio Castagnoli versus Ray Phoenix.
0: That's also my number three.
1: Wicked. I thought this match opened hot. It was a very good way to open Dynamite. They, yeah. Um,
0: Double Jeopardy, him. right? Double Jeopardy. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was. Um, yeah, they came in with a lot of fire. They came in with some really good pace to open up Dynamite. Like, that's what I like. Maybe that's like an, uh, a TNA impact influences because they used to open their shows with X Division maps matches. So it'd be like a bunch of flips and high spots and stuff like that, and that would get you pumped to go to the rest of the show. So it was nice to see, like, some fast pace here. Um, I did like Claudio, he did a big like, did he catch, um, catch Phoenix from the tope and do like yeah. a gorilla Yeah, like right
0: the at guard. the start of the match, yeah.
1: Yeah, and it looked like Phoenix almost headbutted someone in the crowd when he was getting dropped down, that was very funny. Um, <laughs> it hit, yeah, and then later on like Claudio threw Phoenix like over the barricade, and it seemed like he got a fair distance on that. that, was, that he was rolled cool. really,
0: really far. hmm He rolled really far to the back, but we also had a really fun spot where Phoenix, much like, um, Mandair runs the top rope. Phoenix can also do very similar things, right? He ran the top of the barricade on the outside, which was very impressive.
1: It was that was into, into a, a swinging
0: like Hurricane Rana, exactly. Yep, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, it was good. And then, uh, I think we got like a frost a kick. Uh, yeah, Phoenix did a frost kick that looked like it almost took um, uh, Claudio's head off. It was very, very nice. There was quite oh, a yeah. few kicks this week that I was like, Whoa, there was a solid, some solid, solid kicking. I definitely like the, uh, the slap the thighs. That's, uh, as I said, thumbs
0: up. This match almost was the longest one on the show. Surprisingly. Okay. It clocked in at 14 minutes and 28 seconds. The main event what? clocked in at 14 minutes and 48 seconds. The main event beat this match by 20 seconds. Okay. Fair, fair. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, the shortest match was the trio's title match. Anna Jay and Julia Hart went nine minutes, 17 seconds. Why? Wow. No bad, no bad. Yeah, yeah. this was a hell of a way to kick off Dynamite, dude. This was so much fun. And I am honestly becoming a fan of hearing the 1812 Overture as Claudio's theme song. Like, it just sounds so out of place, but damn it, does it fit for him.
1: Yeah, good
0: it's good It is. Yeah, this was a hell of a match. I had fun. I thought this was good. And now, because it was double Jeopardy, right? So if Phoenix would have won, he would have got a shot at Claudio's ROH world title. But if Claudio won, which he did, right? He won with the Ricola Bomb. Um, now Claudio gets a shot with a partner of his choosing at the ROH tag titles against Lucha Bros. And you have to assume he's choosing Wheeler Yuta. Oh, um, yeah, on
1: commentary, they were like, oh, he could be... He could, could pick be anybody. anybody, yeah. It's like, no, nah, he's picking Yuta. If it's anyone, it's fucking Yuta.
0: Yeah, he's picking Wheeler Yuta. But that could be a nice buy-in match for Double or Nothing to get those guys on the show and to get the ROH titles on the show. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I could see that being a buy-in match. Or fuck, dude. The star power is there. They could even put that on the main show and just have the ROH tag titles on the line.
1: Yeah, that's fine. When when's the next ROH pay per view? Do they are they doing them like every three months? Sort of,
0: they do. Um. I believe it'll be Death Before Dishonor, uh, which normally takes place in July. So I don't think we can stretch it out that far.
1: No, absolutely not, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's months, months away. So yeah. yeah. yeah R- goes, ROH
0: normally does April, April is Supercard of Honor. July is Death Before Dishonor. Final Battle is usually in December. They only... ROH generally only has about three shows a year, I think. Okay. Like main shows. Um, They used to have a show Called Best in the World that was in July, and Death Before Dishonor used to be in September. So they used to have four, but since Tony Khan took it over, they've just been doing Super Card of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, and Final Battle. I would like to see them bring back Best in the World because that was ROH's fourth main show. Okay, yeah. but we'll see. We will see. But that means we have one left. And
1: I'm excited by this one.
0: It's my number two. You're
1: number two?
0: Yeah, this is my number two. <gasps>
1: We'll tell you what it is, number.
0: Eight. Where do you have it ranked?
1: Number
0: five. Oh, why do you have it so low? This is the in-ring promo with Tony Schiavone, Christian Cage, and Luchasaurus.
1: Ah, uh, yes. And yes, this it was is. this
0: was just five to ten minutes of Christian Cage going off, right. screaming, and literally just going off. And honestly, I felt like was one of Christian's best promos of all time.
1: Yeah, all amongst like I see where the cry chanting like Edge is better
0: and like Edge boom. is better, dude. He was what did he say? Like he Detroit. He talked some shit to Detroit. He didn't say like fuck you Detroit at the end or something, but he basically did. Uh, I forget exactly what he said at the end. He was. He was not having it. He was not pleased. But like man, it hat. didn't phase him. Yeah. He just kept going. It did not phase him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he started looking on about it. he's like a multi time champion and all this. And
0: then. some comments by Arn
1: and Wardlow. But, yeah, dude, he's definitely the focal point. Like, I know we were going on about the other week, like, oh, it could be leading up to, like, Luchasaurus versus Wardlow. But I think it definitely is now that it's not Christian as Luchasaurus's manager. It's, it's Christian with Luchasaurus as his backup muscle. Right. So.
0: Which is fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if C- Christian keeps pumping out promos like that, I'm in, dude. Like, Christian, Christian's return has been significantly better over the last few years than Edge's return in terms of just maybe not in the quality of matches or the high profile of matches that Edge has been involved with, but the mic work on Christian's end has been just so much better.
1: He's very good. He's very good. Now, I'll ask, do you, do you now believe, do you want Christian to be TNT champion? I think you should be. Yeah, I think, I think even though we've got MJF as a heel uh, in the world title picture, we, we've We still need Christian with that TNT title. I think he could bring so much to that.
0: I love the shade he was throwing at Arn. He's like, did you know Mm. Arn's son Brock works here? (laughs) Arn doesn't, because he passed him right on the side and went with Wardlow. (laughs) I thought that was an amazing promo, dude. Christian, that was good shit. Like, I I was invested. I was, on every word he said, I was hanging there, dude. Like... He had me captivated. That was an insane promo. And just the way he delivered it, the passion behind his words that he chose. And he's had some really good ones against Jungle Boy, too, in the past, right? Like, Christian, his promo game is just top-notch. He
1: is. Yeah, Outwork everyone.
0: Outwork and out-talk everyone.
1: Right. So, uh, how did you rank this
0: time, Uh, I went with three and a half stars. That's me? I
1: went with four stars
0: okay fair like i said i don't think the show was super amazing everything i kind of ranked in that seven eight range i only gave one nine and that was my main event right the uh the the steel cage match but everything else i had given a seven or an eight to. so i don't think it was amazing but i think this was definitely above average really solid dynamite that i had fun watching from start to finish so yeah i went three and a half and you went four so that's actually a good balance
1: yeah i definitely had a lot of fun with this one
0: yeah absolutely
1: um even though even though uh yeah last last week i was like oh i just expect them to plod along uh to the pay-per-view but fuck what do i know because they uh they brought it here (laughs) and uh before before we get on to the next show um i know you've been saying for the past few weeks like you're scared of the build towards the main event we've got like three weeks we had
0: four separate video packages this Mm -hmm. week on dynamite one for each guy
1: so are, you, are you happy with the build this week? Are you happy with what they did
0: here? Um, I liked MJF's video package. Okay. Um, I don't know that I was a fan of all four of them, but I think this is okay. Like, this was okay. This wasn't all them in the ring at the same time trying to do battle on the microphone, which I think is where they struggle right now. Yeah. So, this is fine. Let's see what they do this week. Let's see what they do this week, because we're going to have two of the four guys that are in that match in singles action this week. Not against each other, but separate matches. So let's see what they do this coming up week.
1: Well, personally, I like the video packages. I think MJS was probably the strongest.
0: It um, was. but they started with that one, too. So
1: Yeah, Kovárez was good. Uh, Darby's was good. I think Jungle Boy's was probably the weakest one. But they're obviously setting him up as the biggest baby face. Like, that's why he got the last spot. But, yeah, I, I quite enjoyed these video packages. Yeah, they were all
0: right. They were all right. Um, before we run down Ring of Honor, let's go ahead because there was no hook this week. But, but right, we didn't have hook at all. Uh, we had him mentioned on Rampage, but he didn't come out with Matt Hardy, Jeff, and Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, we're gonna do our hook of the week now because my hook of the week ties into something obviously that took place on Dynamite. So let's move into a little hook of the week. Hook gonna be, Sev, last week you did hook brows, um, <laughs> <laughs> eyebrows that have a slight hook to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, well, yes, hook brows this week. AEW made my hook of the week very easy, which I appreciate because sometimes I struggle to come up with a clever or timely hook of the week as I as I try to always do. And this one just fell into my lap. So I'm going to run with it during the match. The main event, the steel cage match between Mox and Omega, we already talked about it, right? Mox was struggling to get the, I don't know exactly what they call it. It's the the attachment that holds the turnbuckle to the post, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know exactly, like the arm or something to the turnbuckle, but I never realized that the end of that, and I guess I should have. But I never realized at the end of it was an actual hook because it is just hooked to the post. I just never realized it and then tightened in so that it stays. Um, Mox taking that off, right, goes to the middle with Omega in the ring and uses the hook. And he just fish hooks him right in the middle of the ring with the actual uh, piece of the turnbuckle. So... Whatever that thing is called. I don't know what it's called. Turnbuckle arm? Turnbuckle. Uh, I'm, look,
1: I'm looking it up now. It's got a turnbuckle hook and eye.
0: Okay. Turnbuckle hook and eye?
1: Yeah. The, the bit that the rope is in is in a circular shape. And then the piece on the other end is uh, the hook shape, and then they're both on like bolts, so they've got threads through. And then there's the piece that overlays. So you tss, you spin the piece in the middle, and that tightens the threads on both ends.
0: So you take that and you put it in someone's mouth, and you've got a nice fish hook.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you seen, Have you seen the memes online? That uh, it's it's that picture, but they've pixelated the hook eye, pixelated the the hook eye, eye <laughs> oh, so God. it just looks like a very um, compromising picture of a very
0: yeah. Okay. Uh, nsfw photo (laughs) that's incredible but uh yeah this is a quick easy one right like no Mm -hmm. no real background needed on this one i think if you watched aew dynamite you know exactly what i'm talking about that's your hook this week right there that segment that spot of the match that's your hook this week (laughs) makes it nice and easy for me and i'll take that any day of the week um. Let's run down Ring of Honor. Yeah. Ring of Honor. This past Thursday on May 11th, they did tape some shows recently at Universal Studios because this was in Orlando, Florida. This was not a show that was taped on the road. Uh, so they are still using Universal Studios for for ROH tapings from time to time. What 11 matches on this one. This was a stacked show. It did last exactly two hours. Mark Briscoe defeated Shane Taylor. Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Yuta defeated Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams. Samoa Joe defeated Blake Christian to retain the ROH TV title. The Righteous' Dutch and Vincent defeated the Infantries Carly Bravo and Sean Dean. Robin Renegade defeated Vert Vixen in the Battle of Max Willie Mack defeated Ninja Mack yes. <laughs> Brian Cage Bishop Khan and Toa Leonoa defeated Lucky Ali Adam Priest and Victor Benjamin in some trios action Kyle Fletcher defeated Tony Deppin A.R. Fox defeated Anthony Henry Evil Uno Stu Grayson Alex Reynolds and John Silver defeated Josh Woods Jeeves K Sunny Kiss and Slim J and in the main event Athena defeated Sky Blue to retain the ROH women's title
1: okay so it wasn't even a, a previous grinds match
0: then? No, it was a legit match that lasted almost 15 minutes. They gave these girls a lot of time. And they did really well. They did (laughs) really, really well. Yep, This was a great show. Like I like, you know, obviously there was a week or two where they made the ROH TV feel more like darker elevation, but then they quickly switched it back. And and again, every match here, right, was heavy representation from who we consider now ROH staples under AEW. I appreciate that. Like, this was a really good show. This was a really good show.
1: As you uh, as you started reading it out, I was like, right, I'm just gonna tally up every match. So I think it would have been an elevation match. And yeah, I only got like one or two tallies. So
0: Yeah, the Dark Order and then right the the trustbusters match. Likely that eight man tag should have probably or under normal circumstances would have been an elevation match. But it does feel like they are making the dark order more ROH focused. And I feel like it's because the Dark Order and the Righteous have something going on. The Righteous want to basically take over Dark Order, Dutch and oh, Vincent. Okay, that's very cool. So there is a there is a storyline going on right now between Dutch, Vincent, and everybody in Dark Order. Like when Dark Order is out there, Dutch and Vincent usually come out to the ramp and like they're, you know, not running down or teasing interference or anything, but they'll just sit up there or stand up there and watch the match. They're They're teasing something between... These guys, which is kind of cool.
1: So they like nod their head and smile and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's
0: very, very Dutch and Vincent, right? Very yeah, Dutch yeah. and Vincent. So they're they're just weird, creepy, cult-looking guys. But it works. It works so well. Well,
1: yeah, that's the, that's the of shit I uh, tune into to watch. I like storylines development, so I see people too.
0: Yeah, cool. like I said, I, I've been having a lot of fun watching ROH, so it keeps going strong, man. It keeps going. I'm having fun with it. But that'll take us to Rampage, also from Detroit in the Little Caesars Arena, right? No changes. mm mm-hmm. uh, We ranked four things? Five things. Oh, did you rank the segment?
1: I did. take it off.
0: No, I'll rank it. But
1: it's all right. I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, I had the, um, I had it at number five. So I'm, I'm on the lows now, so I was going to say it anyway. But yeah, it would have been number five for me.
0: That's where I would have put it, too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, are we leaving it in the rankings or no? Oh,
1: we might as well talk about it nicely in this week. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: We'll leave it in the rankings. We ranked five things. It's my number five as well.
1: Okay. Number five, uh, the Hardy Brothers and Brother and their little promo.
0: Yeah. Talking about uh, what comes next for them now that the firm has been deleted, right? Isaiah Cassidy just in there moaning for the most part, which is amazing. I don't I don't hate <laughs> that. Um but matt and jeff definitely have their eyes set on the AEW tech titles again
1: yeah they're gonna, they're gonna make a run for it but then uh the guns obviously think they should get a title shot again they didn't get their rematch apparently
0: yeah so um, we're gonna get a nice hardys v guns match at some point right
1: yeah with the stipulation of if the hardys win then even page becomes the property of matt hardy right and uh I I did like the part where Jeff was like, Matt, don't do the contract thing, and he's like, it's the last time, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Hardy, Matt
0: Hardy loves. I mean, all of his fucking storylines are something with contracts. Right. Every single one of them has a contract involved. Even when he was Big Money, Matt, it was still all about contracts.
1: Yeah, yeah, Private Party, Adam, Adam Page, all contracts. So I fully expect, um, yeah, that the Hardy's gonna win this. So uh, Ethan Page is gonna be
0: most likely, yeah. most likely, which which would be entertaining. I mean, Ethan Page has been comedy gold as of late, so.
1: Yeah, he's a good character. He needs something to do. We'll, we'll yeah. We'll for a
0: little bit longer. Absolutely. So, but yeah, that was my number five as well. Didn't last very long. Uh, not a ton happened, but it is what it is. So, we'll see. Uh, number one for me was right before that actually. Kyle Fletcher taking on Action Andretti.
1: Yes, this match was wicked. It was me. amazing. <laughs> yes,
0: was absolutely incredible. One. Like both of these guys are so good. Their gear is so similar to one another. Right, like both matching. of their both of their pants were basically like matching pants. Um, but yeah, they work as they should. They work so well together. They complement each other's styles very well. I was actually scared. Right, like. Because I know they're building Action Andretti up, but I was saying in Discord, just I think this is one of two comments I made while watching Rampage last night. I was like, Kyle Fletcher better fucking win this match. He's the bigger star of the two. He's half of the IWGP tag team ta- uh, champions. They're building him up, and he wants a shot at Orange Cassidy's international title. Like, But there was still part of me that thought, well, damn, maybe he ends up losing with you know like a quick roll-up squeaker win by Action Andretti or some shit very glad that didn't happen. Kyle Fletcher deserved this victory. Um what a great talent and what a great tag team when he's with um Mark Davis as well. Like they just they work so well together.
1: Yeah, see I'm not I'm not super familiar with Kyle Fletcher outside of what we've seen in AEW. But when he has tag, tag matches with the other guy, um, obviously they rely on each other a lot more don't they um, it was very nice to see Carl Fletcher like just work on his own right um,
0: not because he can, on. he does it so well exactly, he just works yeah. so well like he's just so fucking good in the ring
1: and I'm not sure whether I was I would, I've just forgotten how he wrestles from last time. But yeah, it felt like he was a different wrestler in this match than what I remember him being in the tag matches. Yeah, he got some really awesome kicks. He did a, a like, frost kick to Action ready, like off the apron. It looked like it almost took his head off. There were loads of, loads of kicks that like, like take people's heads off. It always, always amazes me. Um, so I was very happy to see that.
0: Did you catch when action Andretti kind of lost his balance doing the split legged moonsault, but was able to like make it still look seamless and recovered and didn't even make it look like he botched it, but he did like it okay. was, it was, it was fucking crazy how he recovered from that. <laughs> no, Reminded no, me is. a lot no. of like the way commander or Vikingo will recover when they fucking make a mistake on the ropes because they just, they know how to manipulate those ropes, dude. It's just crazy. <laughs>
1: it's nice. Um, yeah, we, we did get a nice little bit towards the end. There was a... Um, Fletcher uh, almost did like a halluva kick, essentially, and then he hit like this really, really nice sheer drop brain buster. He went for the pin, and I was like, oh, that's fucking it. And, but no, Andretti kicked out. I was like, oh, fair, fair enough, we get some close falls. Um, and then Action like came back with his own. He hit like a nice springboard 450, um, and he got a near fall as well. So this match was doing really, really well. And yeah. then uh, I don't think that spinning Tombstone at the end it looks particularly great. It uh, never looks like he drops him straight on his head. Um, but it's still a cool finisher.
0: It is a cool finisher. I do like that move. Um, I used to use that move like a spinning tombstone. I used to use that move a lot in video games, like for yeah. created wrestlers. Yeah, I do like that move. Nice,
1: nice. but yeah, I am now very hopeful for uh, Orange Cassidy versus Carl Fletcher. Yeah,
0: I'm curious when that match will take place. Right, they haven't announced when it's happening yet. Uh, I almost hope they save that for Double or Nothing at this point.
1: Is it not happening next week, no?
0: No. If it, is, if it is, it hasn't been announced yet. Like, not confirmed yet, so.
1: Okay, my bad. Well, yeah, yeah, put it on the, um, put it on the pay-per-view, then. I'll happily watch that. I'd expect Carl Fletcher to walk away with that belt, then, if that's what, that's what we're getting.
0: That'd be great. That'd be cool, if so. That'd be dope. I'd be into that.
1: <laughs> we got your number four. Uh, Tony Storm versus Allison Kaye.
0: That's my number four as well.
1: Cool. This was okay. Um, it didn't last a whole lot of time. No, nope. um, I did really like Tony Storm's gear. I don't know if she changed it out.
0: She did. She switched it up a little bit. Yeah, she her her, her gear has been complementing her new attitude, I think, really well over the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, a lot of leather, um, some uh, yeah, metal circling things. I can't remember what they're called. They're very cool, um, and it was nice to see Allison K on on uh, Rampage.
0: Yeah, we haven't seen her in almost two years in AEW. She has wrestled there before, but mm-hmm. you know it's very far in view between. It's been a couple of years since we've seen her in AEW. It was nice seeing her back. She's she's really good. Obviously, she wasn't given much time to shine here, but when she is in other promotions, she's always been really good.
1: Yeah, she's she's. Uh, they say she won like three women's championships in three different promotions. Uh, Well, I know
0: Impact for sure is one of them.
1: Yeah, I think she was the Impact champion, NWA women's champion. NWA
0: women's champion. Yep, and then I don't don't know what the third one is.
1: I'm not too sure either. Uh, But she was in Impact like in February. She turned up with Marty Bell and they've uh, they've got a tag team called The Hex. Um, So they were making appearances for them. But I've looked it up and apparently, yeah, they're making appearances for Impact, but they're still technically free agents. Um,
0: Shine and AIW. Okay. So she's held four women's titles. Yeah. Impact, AIW, NWA and Shine.
1: Nice. Yeah, so she's still a free agent. So I think I think Tony Khan should probably
0: pick her up. I do too, especially with the debut of Collision. Yeah, just get a couple more girls to, you know, even out the roster and have a couple different ones on each show. And again, you're not really doing a split, but you have certain people that will appear one week on Rampage, certain people that will appear one week on Dynamite. Like you bring maybe just you you don't need a ton more females, just one or two. Right. Bring in Allison Kay and scoop up Mercedes Monet. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um Yeah, Collision, like, even though he's got a lot of wrestlers backstage, like, he is going to need to bring a few more people in, in my opinion. So, Alison K. A couple bigger
0: names, too. Like, you put CM Punk on the debut of Collision, but you also start rumoring that maybe Mercedes Monet is going to appear there. Mm -hmm. That's going to get you some ratings for that first show.
1: Yeah, and then we had the likes of uh, Ibushi and stuff like that, and uh, we've got some megastar
0: power. Absolutely. So, yeah, this was an all right match, though. Didn't last long, like you said. Clocked in at... uh, Shortest match on Rampage, 4 minutes, 58 seconds. But yeah, it it was all right. It was all right. See if we can do it. Number two for me is going to be the main event. Swerve and Brian Cage taking on John Silver and Alex Reynolds.
1: Yeah, I was looking at my two there and I was like, yeah, there's no way he'd pick the other one. Um, So yeah, number two for me was the embassy the Mogul Embassy
0: versus the Dark Order. Yeah, and this was fairly entertaining. Um, You know, I I like seeing Swerve and Cage work together as a tag team. Like, that makes sense to me, and that kind of makes me think, oh, okay, like, strictly thinking storylines, right? Swerve did this merger with the Embassy, right, to really have Brian Cage as his muscle. Mm -hmm. And and that makes a lot of sense to me. It, It makes me happy because we get to continue to see Brian Cage now. He's being utilized more in storylines, appearing pretty regularly on TV uh which is nice because he is a big fucking deal and he's a star <laughs> as i always say Brian Cage is amazing he's the machine um i like Prince Nana i love some of the shit he screams and says on the ring or outside the ring during some of these matches he's always an entertaining character but man i always say it every time too i just love watching silver and reynolds work as a tag team oh, it yeah. just it's just so fluid so seamless and it's two guys that don't even feel like they should be able to do what they do, but they do. And it just it's always impressive. This was an entertaining match. It didn't have a thing, anything that really stood out to me that I would say, yeah, this, you know, made it better because this happened. It was mm-hmm. just overall good from start to end.
1: Yeah, um, I like Pungi, Pungi trying to um show Brian Cage. He's just as strong as him or if not stronger, but that was yeah. very funny. Um, and then, yeah, Reynolds got in for that hot tag, and he did really well, um, he was flying around the ring. Um, and he kicked out of a big double cutter afterwards, didn't he? And then... That. There. At one point I did want to make away this match, is that Nana kept interfering. Uno was doing nothing.
0: Yeah, Uno was just chilling, right?
1: It's like, there was a part where Uno uh, Nana was, like, up on the apron, changing um, something to the ref, it was, you could just see Uno stood the other side, he had, like, both his hands, yeah, kind of like Orange Cassidy, like, shrugging. He was just like, mm, what's going on? Fuck it, Uno, you, you're there? Go, go do something. Go man. knock
0: him out, dude. Go punch him, yeah. right? Go yeah. do He's something.
1: Like, evil Uno. You fought John Moxley, like, a few weeks ago, and you got bloodied and battered. Like, you're not scared of a scrap. Go knit hit him. And no, he didn't. <laughs> he yeah, never he was, did. No, he didn't. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a good match. And then after the match, we got interference from Toa Leona and the rest yeah. of the embassy.
0: Yep, Toa totally, Leona and Khan, Bishop Khan. Yep.
1: Yeah, and then out of the frying pan and into the fire comes down Keith Lee with uh, what looked like a pole that he picked up from security. Indeed. The, all the little red tape barriers over. He's just walking around with one of them. And um, Mr. Dustin Rhodes with, uh, I think he had a pole in the chain as well, didn't he?
0: think Didn't Dustin have a chair? I think Dustin might have had a chair. Oh,
1: okay. Fair.
0: I don't remember what he came out with. Keith Lee definitely had a pole, I think. Thought one of them had a chair. Um, But yeah, I mean, remember. Moody Center this Wednesday night in Austin, Texas.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, Texas. They've got weapons. It's Texas deathmatch time. And I was like, no, we've got a Fool's Cat Anywhere match on that card, haven't we? Yeah. So I, I have a
0: can. feeling, though, that's a Rampage match, right? Like, what we get between Dustin, Brian Cage, Swerve, Keith Lee, whatever, whatever this ends up being, it'll be Friday on Rampage. It won't be Wednesday on Dynamite.
1: If we can have another bunkhouse brawl. I remember that bunkhouse brawl being pretty good.
0: I, had I would, I would I love think. to see another bunkhouse brawl. See
1: Dustin Rhodes, Butcher of the Blade. I can't remember who the fourth person in that match yeah, was. Yeah,
0: but remember Dustin was wearing those white jeans and was super bloody. Yes, yes. AW Bunkhouse match. Who was it? It was let's see, who is this? I guess I'll just watch the video. Well there's the butcher. There's Dustin. Okay. Doesn't show me who was who was part of the natural nightmares? Who is Dustin's tag team partner in that? Tag QT? team. No. Was it? I think it I think it was QT. Holy shit. It was QT Marshall. <laughs>
1: E.T. a butcher and uh, a blade putting on a bomb and Yeah, it, but... that was
0: it. That was it. Wow, and that was two years ago, actually. That was back in 2021. Nice, so nice. I would love to see another one. Actually, yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Wicked, wicked. But that means we got one left, which means we also hit a full house didn't we?
1: We did. We got
0: a rampage house Yeah. What's our number three?
1: Our number three is The Acclaimed versus Bishop and The Butcher, The Blade, and Kip Sabian.
0: You notice how they always say Daddy Ass and The Acclaimed now? It's not even The Acclaimed and Daddy Ass. Like, Daddy Ass is the main attraction. He's the one that's introed first before The Acclaimed even is. Justin Roberts says Daddy Ass and The Acclaimed. It's not The Acclaimed and Daddy Ass, which is a little kind of funny, actually, I think. It makes me wonder, right, the Acclaimed is obviously massively over, but I do think a lot of that has to do with Billy. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, 100%.
0: If Billy were to now be stripped and taken from the Acclaimed, would the Acclaimed still be just as over? I don't know, actually.
1: I think they'd be... They'd stay
0: They'd be over, but it wouldn't be the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like they've they've risen high enough up the building that they'd still stay stay on the higher floors, but yeah. It's we,
0: just amazing how how Billy always gets over regardless. Like he just has that personality to To make it work. And he's good at what he does. But he's also gotten the same thing over just in different ways all throughout his career. Like, he's never really switched it up that much if you think about it. Part of Degeneration X, like, he still acts the same. When he was Mr. Ass on his own going after the IC title, he still acted the same. Now that he's in here with the equation, he still acts the same. Like, he's just different variations of the same character that he always just makes work.
1: Yeah, like his, uh, when they did the Sisame Timbers, he was lying in the apron with his legs in the air. That's essentially the same thing he was doing as Q-Kip in TNA. Uh, with, yeah. With the beautiful people, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, he doesn't, like, he just is able to continuously do what he's always done, and it still fits whatever new character he's portraying or whatever new gimmick. It's actually incredible, Right. but this was an okay match. Actually, it was, it was not bad. A good way to open the dynamite or rampage at least like it was fun. Nice seeing Kip and the butcher and the blade continue to be a focal point at least once a week. Like, yeah, they're not winning, but we're still seeing them.
1: Yeah. we get, they're getting a fair amount of time. They got a fair amount of like offense in this match as well. Like it wasn't one-sided. It was nice to see that this wasn't um an acclaimed squash match, which we have got a couple of uh, in recent memory. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's why it ran fairly it was quite ranked in the middles. to be fair it was pretty good
0: yeah it was good not great rampage right it was on a special night this week it was on a saturday still at 10 o'clock at least so it's normal time just a different day i will be glad when we're out of fucking playoff sports season right with nhl the Stanley Cup's going on, the the playoffs there with the NBA playoffs going on. There's so much shit getting preempted right now on TV. I'll be happy when we're done with that so we can just have Rampage back on Fridays at 10 because the show does suffer when it's not in its normal time slot. So
1: Yeah, it kind of needs to work out. Once Collision comes along, you can't be like, oh, Rampage is on the Saturday.
0: Yeah, but then again, once Collision starts, nobody really cares about Rampage. That's why Rampage is going to basically be the new Elevation or Dark just with one high-profile match, but still on TV instead of YouTube. Maybe they end up moving it at that point. wonder if they'll move Rampage to, like, Mondays.
1: Yeah, go head-to-head with Raw.
0: Perfect. Fuck, do it. (laughs) Raw Page. Yeah, not a chance would would Rampage (laughs) ever win (laughs) in that head-to-head. But um, I do wonder if maybe they'll switch the nights or if they just don't care. Maybe, maybe on nights where Rampage normally would have been preempted now, it just fucking airs at midnight or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, because it doesn't matter if anyone's tuning in really to Rampage anymore. Once collision day. Yeah,
1: it's just be like Rampage will be on once the, uh, the basketballs have touched down or something.
0: Yeah. yeah. Once the basketballs have touched down. How did you rank Rampage? Uh,
1: I'll give it a nice three out of
0: five. Okay, that's what I would go with as well. Three stars. So we came in the same spot on this one at least. It was all right. Again, wasn't the worst Rampages we've seen in a while, but it's a far cry from when Rampage was at its peak, and that's when CM Punk came back. I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was fairly happy with this one. This one last week's one. Um, they have been a, a fair bit better than they've uh, previously been. So yeah.
0: Anyway with it so sounds good good. looking ahead to this wednesday night we are again at the moody center in austin texas uh this is a dual dynamite rampage taping the last one before they hit Vegas, right? Well, this is our uh, our last, di- uh, well, we have two Dynamites to go, but our last one before they move out to Vegas because Wednesday, May 24th, they're at the uh, MGM Grand Garden Arena in Vegas with the buildup to Double or Nothing that weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Um, so last stop on the way to Vegas. We have several matches confirmed, a couple segments as well. Ricky Starks will be taking on Jay White. Tony Khan has some sort of announcement to make, and we're not sure exactly how this ties in, but he introded himself. So Tony Khan has something to say this Wednesday night, whether it's on the actual show itself or elsewhere. I don't quite know what's going to happen, but TK's got something to say this Wednesday.
1: I hope it's um, like, I've got an announcement to make, tune into TNT now. And then you see you have to switch the channel. He makes the announcement on TNT and then he lets you
0: go back to TBS. Oh, that'd be fucking great, dude. Switch over now, right? And then as soon as he's done on TNT, all right, guys, go back to TBS, finish watching Dynamite. (laughs) Yeah. And then
1: he gets on Twitter and be like, see, he told you to watch fucking TNT.
0: It'd It'd be smart if they did that to just simulcast it, though, right? With, like, the same thing happening on TBS so you don't need to switch channels. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jungle Boy will be taking on Roosh which I'm curious to see what they do here because you wouldn't think Roosh would just take a clean loss to Jungle Boy I get that Jungle Boy probably needs to walk away with a victory as they build towards the main event at Double or Nothing but there's gotta be something that causes Roosh to lose he can't lose clean here oh,
1: I'm, no, I'm predicting the squeaker win
0: okay. I, think we're, I think
1: we're definitely uh, Jungle Boy yeah he's in the main event of course he's gonna beat Roosh he's gonna
0: beat Roosh fine alright we'll see Sammy Guevara will be in action, but they didn't announce against who. So I'm thinking that might just be against a nobody, right? Uh, Chris Jericho will be taken on Roderick Strong in a false Count Anywhere match with both the Jericho Appreciation Society and Adam Cole banned from the arena. And what I assume might be the main event uh, or that match I just mentioned might be the main event. But if not, this one will be trios action. Jamie Hader, Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida taken on Soraya, Tony Storm and Ruby Soho.
1: Yeah. So I I predict the force can anywhere match to be, to be the main event. I, uh, I'm, I'm predicting that they will spill out of the arena and then, and then like the JAS and Adam Cole
0: can get. Okay. Call. So they're outside. Ah, yeah, oh, yeah. dude, that's a good call. All yeah. right. All right. But
1: then yeah. Uh, going back to before. They're right only there.
0: banned from the arena. They're not banned from Austin, Texas. So right.
1: <laughs> it could happen. Um, but yeah, uh, as we were going on about right before, like the, um, we about getting matches early, like what we thought were pay-per-view matches. Also yeah. got Ricky, Ricky Sark's um and Jay White. And Jay
0: White, which honestly I thought was gonna be a pay-per-view match too.
1: Yeah, it, it's almost up there as like a pay-per-view um, quality match. I paid to see it. But then also getting the this six woman Hikaru Shida, the killer in the pillar versus the outcast. Like, what are going to do about the pay-per-view after this? Is it then just going to lead into Saraya versus Jamie Hayter for the
0: title? I mean, but I guess no. it's a possibility, yeah. Which we serious. did speculate on weeks ago as, as that potentially being the title match for the pay-per-view. So, it yeah. is a possibility.
1: I think I think it is a real possibility. now. That that's probably, that's the only logical way I can think of getting that, what we're getting out of it. Then also does mean that we leave like Britt
0: Baker, Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, and Ruby Soho essentially off the card. Um, yeah, you you have to assume they would be involved in that match in some capacity, but not in an official capacity.
1: Yeah, exactly. So- yeah,
0: should be a decent dynamite, to be fair. Right. Some of the matches that we thought were going to be at double or nothing taking place this week. So that should be fun. And obviously, whatever Tony Khan's got up his sleeve for an announcement, but that Falls kind of Anywhere match should be a lot of fun. I Now that you've said it, I hope it's supposed to the outside and you just see Adam Cole fighting with the J.S. out there already. And then they just <laughs> all start brawling together. Like, that'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd
0: be wicked. It'd be even better if Kyle O'Reilly was standing there with Adam Cole fighting alongside him. Well, yeah, yeah. Gonna be excited, that would man. be dope. That would be dope. Nothing announced for Rampage this Friday night. It is again at another special time. Uh, I think it's earlier in the day again. But, yeah, we'll see how they do for this Rampage. But, you know what we need to do. It's almost time to get on out of here. Before we do, we need to hit the gong, Sev. It's time for the burial ground. Last week, you sent the firm down. All of them. Every single member of the firm went down. And Hikaru Shida came up. This week coming up for me coming up is miro okay because he didn't do anything but he didn't have to <laughs> he's finally back all he did all he needed to do was appear on tv and he did you know people forgot about him Thought Tony Khan even forgot about him, but he is back. He is there. And hopefully he is there to, uh, to wreck havoc and maybe reclaim some gold somewhere because damn Miro's great. And Mm -hmm. he should have been continuously being used this entire time. It's a shame that he wasn't. I hope we see CJ Perry debut alongside him at some point. Yep.
1: He needs to pick up, TK needs to pick up some more people. So yeah, yeah. CJ be good.
0: Yep. Going down for me this week is the invisible hand, Mr. Don Callis, (laughs) even though I fucking love what he did, right? I love what he did. And I think this is going to turn into an amazing storyline, especially if Will Ospreay is involved. Mm-hmm. You can't turn on Kenny Omega. That's going to obviously get a downplay from me. Kenny Omega is one of the greatest goddamn wrestlers of all time.
1: Yeah, yeah, he is.
0: And Don Callis is one of the honestly greatest heels of all time. But damn, 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 damn. Don Callis is going down this week. And it's not even a down like a, a down that I'm super disappointed with him down. It's just... I don't know what else to do here. Yeah. No one else really made sense for me to go down and I feel like because of because of that decision we need to we need to punish him a little bit. I don't know. Set him down yeah. to the burial ground. It's been a bad naughty boy.
1: Naughty you know, boy, don't call us. <laughs>
0: So that's my burial ground this week. Mural coming up. Don Callis going down. Fuck it. Good burial ground. I like it. I do like it. Yeah. Anything you want to mention before we get out of here?
1: No. I think we've done. We've done our stuff.
0: All right. Well, that will unfortunately do it. Then going to bring us to the close of the show for this week. Thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers, an All Elite Wrestling podcast, made possible, of course, by RPGera.com. Want to help us grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do this that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. And remember, in those show notes will be a link to join our Discord community. Click it, join it, and interact with us. Taking is that, of course, is going to be theme song of the week. Last week, Sev, you went with the mashup of MJF and Sammy Guevara's theme, which was a great mashup. Uh, really, really did sound, uh, did sound good. But this week, this week, I was a little glad that we've not played this yet because I think it's time. I think it's time. Guy had a fantastic match on Rampage. Okay. Going for the international title. <laughs> we got to go with some Aussie open this week.
1: Aussie,
0: Aussie, Aussie. Oy, 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 oy. Oy. And I love that the crowd <laughs> just does that too. the entire, like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like some, some random guy in the crowd will just yell out, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And everyone else goes, "Oi." Oh, oh, I fucking love it dude It's so good It's amazing And this honestly Is a really really catchy theme uh, Doesn't have an official name It's just called Aussie Open So we are gonna close out with that The music to Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher Now hit the music water, 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 water. Aussie, Aussie. We're gonna put this thing down, just you wait and see. Raising my hand in victory is just a part of me. Drove to the mat and put to sleep is what you're gonna be. Now there ain't no stopping, the enemy is dropping. In case you have forgotten your is What we're copping, walk our music drops. We rock it like a hocker. We pop it cause we pop em like oil red and vodka. Yeah, we chew it like Chewbacca. And we hot like waka waka, Like Lawrence tell them, block em. And the Aussie open, lock them. You got it right, it's on tonight. You will respect the name in the spotlight. (laughs)